Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Jenny Dare of Flex House of Fitness, coming to you from Syracuse, New York. Jenny, how are you today? What's going on? I'm good. How are you? It's it's nice outside today. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's actually sunny here in the Northeast, so we'll take yeah. it. Jenny, obviously, we're here to talk about Flex House and and all that comes with that from the business perspective. Before we go into all of the fun of strategies and tactics and what you guys do on a day-to-day basis, I think context helps here. So when you describe this gym, when you tell other people what it is that you do, what do you tell them? Well, it's a family-owned gym. Um, pretty, It's a community gym. So we're in a a community, um, Syracuse has got different parts to it, like any, any city, and we're considered Eastwood. So a lot of people from the Eastwood con- community come to the gym. Um, it's travel, uh, their traveling time is um, less. It's right near their house. It's very convenient. People can stay on a schedule. I feel like when things are closer to them, when things aren't as close to them and right in their face, they can um, easily get off of a routine. Um, So that's a great point is that we get a lot of the people around the community that help support us. Absolutely. Um, We also, um, it's an open gym. People go in there, work out, do their thing. whether they bring friends or they just work out by themselves, um, they there's um, we have an upstairs and a downstairs. We have cardio, free weights, machines, and then in the downstairs we have punching bags, battle ropes, tire flips, um, sandbags, uh, slam balls, wall balls. Um, so you pretty much can do whatever you want Nothing for um, everybody. Yeah. Um, sometimes the downstairs beats the up. When I show people around at the gym, people look at the downstairs. They're so impressed. And there's really nothing in there. It's just kind of like do your own thing where the upstairs has all the equipment and the free weights and yeah. um, people. That's what people want. People want to do their own thing. Um, so that's that always um, works for us, too. Yeah, yeah. And so, as I understand it, this is, for the most part, sort of membership-based. People are, are doing their own thing. I don't, I don't like to use the term big box, but sort of along those lines, right? People are paying a, a monthly fee and doing their own thing for the most yep. part, right? Yep. Okay. And, and so, I think how we explore that changes a little bit. Obviously, it doesn't make sense to look at this as a gold's gym or a plane of fitness. Cause it's not quite in line with that. It's a little oh, bit different. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think talk to us a little bit about the, the facility first and foremost, what, how, how big is this space? It, I mean, it's a good size. Um, 
it's not humongous. It's, it's not definitely not as big as gold or, or a plan of fitness, but it's a good size. Um, I would say roughly, um, and we're not like super busy all at once. There's always like maybe, um, I feel like five to maybe 10, 15 people there at once. So it's not overly crowded. It's always spaced out. Sometimes there's just a couple people there. Um, there's obviously different times where it's the busiest. Um, so that's one thing is it's just, um, just a smaller gym and uh, just not as many people in there. Sure. Um, let, me, let me ask the question this way, I guess. Are you guys, do you have like a, like a hypothetical membership cap? Are, are we close to capacity or can we add more people? How does that look? Oh, um, we could add more people for sure. For sure, especially with the whole COVID, when the whole COVID thing happened and we, um, we had to get, um, we had to do what our capacity was, whatever the, what, what, what were they doing, 20% or 40% of your capacity, they told us 33 people, which we never get that many people in at once, ever. So, I mean, we were like, oh, we're good. You know, we knew we were fine with the whole COVID thing that we, we just don't, we don't get that many people at once. Yeah. Well, I, and, and so I, I assume, I mean, you, you start a business to, especially in the fitness industry, you start a business to try to help as many people as you can and provide a good service. And at the end of the day, of course, make money, right? We're not doing this out of charity. And so talk to us a little bit about how, historically how you guys have been able to add new members what's the what's the marketing that goes into this um i feel like a lot of the marketing is word of mouth um that's kind of like our we don't really advertise out um facebook and instagram are great but um word of mouth uh people just who've been coming for years people who know people that's kind of like how we're um, more people are joining us just from hearing about us. Um, we do get, uh, we do get people that do drive from Cicero or other places cause they do not want to go to a plan of fitness or a blink or anything like that. They'd rather go to a gym, a gym yeah. like ours. Sure. Um, very, it's a very old school gym. That's what we're known for too. Very old school. My father's very old school. Um, and that's pretty much that we're known for is that you're, it's a, you know, you go there, you work out, there's really no distractions there. Um, you know, you're not, it's a lot of people know each other there. Everybody's nice to each other there. We're very talkative to all the the customers that come in, we're good friends with them. We know everything yeah. about them. They know everything about us pretty much. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of, I think everybody feels that comfortness when they come in there is that they're not, they're not, I don't, they, they just kind of feel like at home. They just sure. go in, sure. someone's there. Small community gym, right? Yeah, someone's there talking to them, saying not like everyone's nice to each other. Uh, their people are help spotting each other, and that's how you 
learn all that. Of course. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it sounds like most of the growth over the years that the gym has been open has been more organic, right? So yeah. take it as it comes. People find us with the, the post COVID world that we live in with what it sounds like you guys have room for new members now. Have you considered at any point looking into some new or different marketing strategies to try to get some new bodies in the door? As of right now, not really. Um, obviously, do we want it? Of course. Um, but I think what we're doing is is kind of working. Just people are just we don't we don't need a rush of people. You know, we it, we want it to be comfortable for our customers still too and it's nice that people can work out and it be so spread out especially with the covid the whole covid thing and restrictions a lot of the restrictions are lifted but some people are still like nervous about the whole thing of coming out going to the gym being near people and um all that so i just think it's it, it works for us that people are just learning through us through social media or friends. They see people wearing the, our flex gear, whatever, and it it's working right now. Okay, so content, right? Whether we grow our membership or not, things are going at least fairly well. What about sort of take us to the next step? Obviously, once someone signs up and they're a member. What else is available? Can I sign up for PT? Is there a way that I can get help with nutrition? Are there other sorts of routes that I could go as a member? No, we don't focus on any of that there. Um, if anybody was to ask us anything, we would give them the whatever advice we could give them. Um, but it's when you sign up as a member, it's just kind of like, you're on a path to wellness and to get better and work out and hopefully you just got to stay committed. And a lot of people know, I think people want to um, start, you know, they want to get in the routine and they want to be more focused. And from the new people that I do have seen join really like it there uh, are, loving the fact that they're learning they're learning as they're going they're learning different routines and and um and um staying um consistent and being consistent which is huge yeah. to see in results yeah absolutely and and so i i think if we're to take a step back on this uh and just sort of look at it from thirty thousand foot view the the only real ways to grow a business, it's simple, right? We can add more people. We can find ways to get more money from the people that we have, and we can keep people longer. For you guys, are, what's, what's the focus? Where are we as, as this business trends forward? Are you looking to grow the business? Are we settled with where it is now? I would love to grow the business. I would love to get more people as far as um trying to get more money from people i don't think that's really um what we're looking for um we have a lot of longtime members so we want to keep that um and just keep on gr growing that longtime member um 
just keep on having that longtime um, members that come to us. Um, people are struggling. I just don't think that trying to get people to buy this and buy that and do all this stuff, um, it, it, it could really make turn a lot of people away. And yet there are people that want all that, but I feel like what I noticed in the Eastwood community is just, it's really not there. You know, people, if people want to learn nutrition, I mean, that's people go on, Google it, you know, people are learning, just thank God for the internet that people can learn certain things like that. Yep. And so this will, as we move forward, stay true to the idea that this is, this is a facility people pay for access to it and they know that going into it right right and so you mentioned yeah I'm, I'm interested in growing the business i guess let me pick your brain here what does that growth look like in your mind um and just keep keep those longtime members keep on growing the longtime members keep on adding whatever trend is going on that people want if it's people want you know like you know the battle ropes and all this squat racks and all that we just keep on keep on adding all that stuff um to make so let them not want them to venture out at other gyms that might have something like that or um you know or go to crossfit like we'll we'll have stuff that you can do your own crossfit um at the gym um all the machines and like we have it all so sure. um you don't need to go somewhere there else and our prices are are you know pretty good compared to some some of the other places from what we hear yeah absolutely and, and i mean it's an interesting conversation and fitness is a, a fascinating industry because a lot of the time we we look elsewhere right for what our venture of success is we measure success in how many locations we have how many members we have what our bottom line looks like but i think it's important to bring ourselves back to why we opened the business in the first place for you guys if the goal isn't thousands of members and a really successful financial business and coaching programs, that's totally fine, right? We, we open up a business so we can make our own rules, right? That's, yeah. the, that's, that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell. And so it'll be interesting to see how this shapes up and, and what it looks like here in the years to come. Jenny, I think that's, that's a really good place for us to begin to wrap this whole thing up. But before we close out of here and, and let you go, I want to funnel people your way. What's a, where, where can we send people? Is there a website? Is there social media? How should we get them to you? I don't have a website. Um, right now we're just on, we have Facebook and Instagram. Um, so it's Flex House of Fitness. We're on Instagram and we are on Facebook. And um, I think we have a, an all right following. Would I like more? Yes, of course. But it's not all about that either. You know, so um, more and more people are learning about us. We've had, um, we've had, 
um, what do we have? Um, we have like a college basketball team that came and worked at our worked out at our gym before. We've had WWE wrestlers come work out at our gym before. Just people who just kind of found us on the internet. People from Canada who never even, you know, they're like, oh, we've seen your your Instagram posts, and or they'll just want to buy a shirt or a hoodie just because they've seen the the logo and um i i want to expand more of that just kind of get the word out and just keep on growing um social media too yeah absolutely and and, that's the way to go yeah and and it'll be it'll be a cool experiment moving forward to see what that's like for you guys running a business here in the future and so jenny I really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm excited to see how this business shapes up and we'll be wishing you nothing but the best. Thank you. Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Andrew from Red Stick Health and Performance in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Welcome to the show, Andrew. How are you? Thank you, Brooke. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Super excited to have you sitting in front of me right now so that, you know, we can give back to the fitness industry a little bit today by having this conversation. But before we do that, tell our listeners what it was that led to you becoming a gym owner. So I used to work in the, what we call global gym um, industry. Started as a personal trainer, ended up uh, managing some personal training departments, which if anybody's ever done that understands that it is awful. Um, it's a, a 90% sales job, 10% service, and I'm opposite of that, right? So, um, eventually quality of life pushed me away from that, went back to school. School led me to Baton Rouge. Um, and so while I was in school, I was volunteering at this CrossFit gym because I had some spare time and, um, keeping my nose 31 when all this was happening. So it was kind of a late um late life decision but volunteering at this gym um it was red stick crossfit at the time and it had been open for a year and a half uh, and they were gonna close so the owner approached me um asking if i wanted to you know keep the gym going or buy it um i didn't have a dime to my name but i was like yeah sure why not (laughs) so i signed the world's worst ever agreement and um Obviously, because I had no money, borrowed $4,000 from my parents um, at 31, so that's pretty awesome. And then um, 
just started answering phone calls and emails, which amazingly enough makes you grow. Um, so that was 10 years ago. That was um, April of 2012. Well, congratulations. Good for you for taking a huge risk like yeah. that. Um, no money to your name, but you still chose to become a business owner and that's huge. And now you've had your business for what, 11 years. Um, so tell us a little bit, you know, about Red Stick Health and Performance. Who are you guys? What services do you provide? Kind of paint that picture for a listener. So we're a gym in Mid-City Baton Rouge, um, which is kind of a bohemian neighborhood. Um, young professionals, which is our main demographic, as I would think it's most CrossFit gym's main demographic. Um, so we, our main product is CrossFit. We are a CrossFit affiliate um, and have been for 12 years now because it was two years before I owned it. Um, and that is our bread and butter. We run nine classes a day. Uh, we also offer private training, um, Olympic lifting, and personal training. And that's, and that's it. I mean, okay. The way I see it is I want to do just a couple of things really, really well um, before I try to start doing other things. Um, and I think that's a downfall that happens to a lot of people is, you know, they listen to, let's used to have a business partner who would listen to podcasts and get heavily, heavily influenced and make knee jerk reactions and just start all these new programs when the CrossFit side wasn't a polished oiled machine yet. And so mm -hmm. he was doing six different things pretty good instead of doing one thing really good before adding another thing. Yeah. I think it's okay to have a few, like have your business model, just be a few things that you're really good at. You don't have to have a million things to be a successful business. You guys, your bread and butter is that CrossFit group class that everybody knows and hopefully most of us love. Cause I know I do. Um, but you also have some private training, you have some open gym. So kind of break that down for us in terms of like how many personal training clients do you guys have right now? How many normal, you know, members do you have coming into the classes versus your, um, open gym memberships? Sure. So we're currently, uh, 240 members, um, which for the last couple of years has been, you know, average There's an ebb and a float of the year. We go from 220 to 250 to 220 to 250 kind of as LSU goes in and out of session because um, that's a big part of our business. So we have about 120 to 140 people attend class per day. Um, we cap participation at 15 per hour um, in the CrossFit classes. That way there's some level of instruction and organization to the class instead of just chaos um right. so always been a quality over quantity person when it comes to the group setting um and then as far as personal training goes i have seven clients that i see on a regular basis as well as um coaching i coach somewhere between six and 15 classes a week just kind of depends on what my other coaches availability are um, i only have one other coach who's pretty much a full-time uh, employees so it's just us two and then four other like role players they all have other jobs um and kind of you know fill in in the evenings and the mornings and um 
So, you know, one's a shift worker at a plant, one is uh, works for a construction company as an engineer. Um, just to give you an example of kind of, the, yeah. one is a PhD student at LSU, um, but they all have, I consider them to be fitness professionals because mm -hmm. of the service that we provide. I don't, they're not just some dude who likes CrossFit a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Totally. Which I think makes a big difference when it comes to coaching, right? So um, I think most people understand that the, the dude who's in super good shape and wants to compete all the time is more focused on himself and probably when he needs to eat and what his training session is going to be like later that day instead of providing a high quality service while he's coaching. Um, so not to say that my coaches aren't, you know, don't do CrossFit and love CrossFit, but they're fitness professionals. Um, that's huge. That's really important um, to have people on your team that are professionals, right? They're gonna, they're going to be able to deliver that level of service that is not unexpected for your facility. Um, so with your personal training clients within the facility, you're the only person training personal training right now, or does your other full-time? My head coach, Brent, has uh, five other clients that use services as well. Um, and typically we, you know, see them two to three times a week. Got it. Cool. So per, a little bit of personal training, bread and butter, like we talked about before, is that group class. So, you know, you have 240 members right now. Hypothetically, like how many could you handle within the facility? If everything like went the way that you wanted it to, how many could you handle? Sure. Probably three to 350. Uh, any more than that would just quality of service provided and the space, it would just be chaos, um, which uh, stresses me out, right? So um, even just a class of 15 gives me slight anxiety because there's 15 people with a bar, a kettlebell in a box, you know, and, and 3,500 square feet, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. Um, yeah, with all that equipment, it does kind of right. feel a little crowded. So um, you could hypothetically handle 300 to 350. Is that a place where you're looking to go? Like, are you guys looking to hit the gas and see new members or are you happy with where you're at right now? Of course. I mean, we're always looking to grow. We're never, never happy with just kind of status quo and, and hanging out. I mean, the, the goal is always to grow the business, grow the business, grow the business. Um, and so the grind never really stops. Yeah. Um, just always pushing and just not letting off the gas. Cause if the second in my hit, um, you know, history with the last 10 years, the second I let off the gas, I see it immediately mm -hmm. um, in the form of lack of growth or, um, you know, losing members, um, you know, not necessarily because the quality of instruction is bad. I just get tired and let off the gas. I'm like, damn, we just lost 10 this month. Okay, it's time to like grind again. And then as soon as we put our, our foot on the gas and grind, we grow. So mm -hmm. it's um, it's tough to relax, but that's not why I got into this. I got into this because I love to help people. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my calling. A lot of times I care too much, but that's... Yeah, I mean, there's I usually two types of gym owners. One that gets in this business because they want to help people. Mm -hmm. And then one who gets in this business because they want to make money. And then there's some people that kind of fall down the middle. 
you sound like you're more on the left there, you know, helping um, people, right? 100%. Yeah, that's a huge motivator. And I'm glad to hear that that's, you know, what really gets you going and, and gets you excited to grow your business. Um, so what are you guys actively doing right now to, you know, aid that growth process to get new faces in the door? So we used to pump money into ads, into Facebook ads, into um, print ads, um, and way, way back, I mean, gosh, it's just like when we first opened, um, and I would never do this anymore, but we would do like Groupon things, and while that would bring in a, a, a small flood of people, uh, there we, they were deal seekers. Um, mm. Deal seekers don't stay. You know, if they get six weeks for 50 bucks, you're like, oh, great. But then you, you know, show them that it's 150. You're like, oh, I'll go to the next thing. Um, so we did like one group on ever. Uh, but like I said, we used to pump Facebook ads and kind of stopped that when, um, when the pandemic hit and we were open. It's not that we were ashamed of what was happening in the gym because we definitely weren't. We weren't hiding anything. But I, our, our online presence uh, dropped on purpose. Um, you know, we didn't want to, there was so many opinions about masking up while exercising or mask up here and not here and, um, you know, social distancing and that stuff. And while we did our part and we, you know, put a grid on the floor and assigned people boxes and gave everyone their own cleaning equipment and and all that things. I mean, there was still some stuff that happens inside of a small space that maybe is not so socially acceptable. Some, um, mm -hmm. so we took a, we kind of went into hiding as far as our social media presence and um, not pumping any ads, and we we were still on a small path of growth, um, but definitely saw that start to affect. Um, you know, our, our steady gradual growth, especially on the times that we usually peak as far as growth, which were very, um, we knew when we were gonna grow in March and we knew we were gonna grow in August, knew summer was gonna be a little slow. And then we know October, November, December is a little slow. Um, but those March and August didn't happen for a couple of years, obviously, um, yeah. which hurt us a lot. And so the, Recently, we're not really doing anything. Um, it's been hard to get back into the habit of, you know, constantly pumping content onto social media, not necessarily talking head content, because I'm not a huge fan of talking head content. Like, hey, this is Andrew Redstick. Let me show you how to do an air squat. Like, <laughs> I think there's way too many uh, resources um right. someone how to do an air squat right people want to see what's happening inside the gym mm -hmm. um you know i talk so, to people about this all the time like you don't have to have content like that on your social media to pull clients in and let me tell you that for most people if they saw a video of you teaching an air squat that's not what's going to pull them into your mm -hmm. gym what's going to pull them into your gym is results right seeing that other people have gotten better mental health have seen physical results Maybe they feel better. They feel ha happier. Those things pull people in. Seeing the environment inside of your gym, people having fun, 
that's what's going to pull clients in. So, you know, I know that the past few years have been kind of funky, but is that an area that you feel like will con- help you continue to grow? Is that an area that you want to continue to focus on? So 100%. Uh, just uh, two weeks ago, um, you know, I had a meeting with my coaches and, um, you know, not everybody had access to the gym's Instagram. Um, so shared that with everybody and we're going to start making a, a, one thing I'm not big on is a coach being on his phone during class. Right. Um, but if there's nobody else there, just to take some really short clips of, you know, the class in action, um, whether they're doing some, you know, structured weightlifting or a Metcon or just hanging out. Um, and you know, throughout the week, just scheduling some small, small bursts of classes in action. Um, so we do have a plan in place of starting to like insert ourselves back into social media on a very consistent basis. Um, also, we're planning on making a TikTok page um, to do the same, but then also anybody who's ever been to our gym knows that I am probably the most immature 42 year old that they'll ever meet. Um, I love to joke around. I love to laugh. I mean, obviously I take my job very seriously and when it's time to instruct, it's like down to business, but we try to do silly icebreakers before classes to just make fun of each other and laugh and get to know each other on a different level. I mean, that tends to work really well. Um, so just putting entertaining things on our TikTok page and having a presence because it's such a huge platform now. Um, I'm a 42 year old dude. I don't have any exposure or experience with TikTok. The only exposure I have is just the flood of things that my wife sends me every day because of course she's on TikTok, Um, but I'm not. But um, that's definitely a platform that we are planning on using to get out there because there's so many users and so much um, just free advertising basically. Yeah, totally. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, they're all huge. And like while the organic side is a great way to build awareness, it's not always something that's going to pull in, you know, leads, right? People that are going to become members to your facility. So that's kind of when you look at the paid advertising side of things. I didn't know if you knew this, but like TikTok very recently started offering like paid ads. And I've seen some gym content on TikTok, like people advertising their, their gym in that space, you know, being a little silly having a little fun and that's super cool. And I'm pretty sure that the cost for lead on TikTok is probably pretty low. Um, Mm. So that's interesting kind of avenue to think about here in the future um, as you guys continue to grow on that platform. I'm not super TikTok savvy. I watch it, but I don't make a whole lot of TikToks. Um, But it sounds like a lot of fun. So the next topic that I would love to discuss with you, Andrew, and I think that this is where our listeners can pull a lot of value is the idea of, you know, chat bottlenecks, things that you're going through that might hold you back in the future as you continue to grow. Um, If you want to kind of touch on that a little bit um, for our listener, that would be great. Of course. So the challenges for me is I always have these things that I want to do, like um, constant coach development classes, um, clinics for members who struggle with 
high um, high skill movements on the weekends, um, things like that. And it's uh, my challenge is time, right? So organizational skills are not uh, not my strong suit. While I am getting better, um, I definitely wouldn't say I'm any kind of pro at organization. My wife helps me a lot because um, she is the list maker, uh, you know, and checks things off the list as we go. I am, at the beginning of the day, I have a list of things that I want to achieve. Um, and by nature, I tend to start on one and then go to number five without finishing number one. And then going back to number three, just because the speed of life inside of the gym is, is so much, uh, you know, so fast. Um, so my challenges are time. I also, uh, I don't delegate well. Um, so I, I'm the janitor, I'm the programmer. I'm, uh, I see training clients, I coach classes. Um, I maintain our equipment. Um, all of those things are, are things that I do on a regular basis. And while you know, my coaches are asking me how to help, unfortunately, not that I don't think they can do a good job, I just have very little faith in the human race. And I'm like, well, if I can do it once, I'll do it better. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, and I think well, that would come back around into coach development. Coach development doesn't just mean, you know, teach them how to be a better coach or how to reach people on a different level or, um, you know, things like that, but also clearly painting a picture of what my expectations and needs are of them. And um, that's uh, funny that we're talking about this because this is all things that my wife and I literally just sat down and talked about days ago. Because mm -hmm. um, in order to take it to the next level, I do need to be more organized. I do need to be um, more proactive with following through with the expectations I have of my coaches um, yeah. and of yeah. myself. So let me ask you this. If you were able to delegate a little better, if you were able to free up some time, how would that change things for your business and your family? It would allow me to do more things directly related with gym growth. Um, so I have a, uh, a metabolic tester called a Pinoy machine, um, mm -hmm. and it's portable. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I first got it, and this was right after the pandemic ended, not ended, but right after everything opened back up, um, you know, I purchased this machine and it's a, if you've ever done a VO2 max test, it's very similar to that. Right. So, mm -hmm. but it's a very portable unit that you run a backpack, you breathe no mask. Um, there's a specific exercise protocol you follow. I send the information to the company of Pinoe and they send me back a report. Um, and the report is very in-depth, um, very scientific, but they also um, paint a clear picture with English, right? Okay. So, I mean, no one wants to see these crazy charts of like red line, blue line, do this when you exercise. Right, right, like, right. They want to know how it relates to what they want, what they need. And it does that very well. Um, and I, so I haven't been able to utilize something like that in terms of gym growth, right? So nobody knows I have it. Um, so what, what I wanted to do originally was get with all the other gym owners from here to Lafayette, which is an hour West to New Orleans, which is an hour to the East, 
um, and do that with their owners. You know, offer them a free test, um, give them the information, and let people know I have it because I'm the only one in the south in the south of Louisiana that owns one. Um, so, like that would open up time for me to do that, and that's been sitting on the back burner for a year and a half now. Um, also, more self development. So I'm always I always want to learn more. Um, I'm not just uh, oh I have an L2, great. But um, you know I so I'm currently taking a um, conditioning certification um, that goes into the what how and why behind energy systems and you know how to yep. make their time more efficient based on their goals. Um, so and it's a self-paced thing. Right. My self-paced myself self-paced currently is very slow. Yeah. Um, Got so it. I will be able to develop myself more, um, which will bring more value to what I bring to the gym so that I can educate my coaches on it, which would make everything more uh, valuable. And then two, business growth. Um, you know, like I said, I have that machine that sets me apart from anybody else around. Yeah, that's huge. That nobody will pull knows. people in. That will yeah. pull people in the doors. Like that's something that none of your competitors have. So if you're able to get the word out, like, hey, we have this, come in and use it. You you do the test on them. And then like during that time, they're already sold on you and who you are and new members, your business grows that way. That's amazing. And it brings legitimacy because it's not just, uh, you know, well, why does it work? Well, because it does. <laughs> um, you know, there's, it, it paints a very clear picture. And so I feel like when people exercise, obviously there's the training aspect, there's right. the recovery aspect, there's nutrition aspect, there's lifestyle aspects, there's all those things. Um, and this fills all of the gaps. And the only excuse isn't, well, I didn't know, it's just, I didn't want to. Right. Um, and so that's something that I want to really focus on as more time becomes available um, because it is unique yeah. and, the, and the information is outrageously valuable to people who care about data. Yeah, absolutely. There's people out there like that could help them be the deciding factor that they decide to join your facility and then in turn you're helping more people, which is your goal, right? Um, so one question I have for you before we start to wrap things up is what's the end picture look like? Andrew, you know, down the road, where would you like to take Red Stick Health and Performance? So we currently rent space um, and have been forever. Um, I want my own standalone building. Um, I want my business to grow into that space. Um, and then at some point in time, sell the business and work less. Because I've been grinding at an unbelievable rate for a long time. Um, and it's not that I don't love what I do. I absolutely do. And that's why I'm still doing what I do. However, I'm 42, I have a seven-year-old, have a wife. Um, and so the consistent, you know, 60 plus hours in the gym, no days off. I mean, Sunday is the day that I try to not work. It almost never happens. I'm always working on Sunday too. So um, at some point, I want my quality of home life to be as good as my work life is. Yeah, that's so the goal that's would be 
to pass it on and either become a part-time coach at the gym or I would never want to not be involved because it's like my first child. Um, and I, I haven't had a single day in 10 years where I woke up and thought like, man, I don't want to go to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. I love being here um, or else it'll just, it'll eat you alive if you don't love it. Um, yeah. And I do love it. I love being here. However, at some point, um, like I said, I need my personal life to match my high quality of work. And I'm sure so, your family will appreciate that as well. And I think that, you know, when we love things, sometimes it's okay to let go a little bit. No, no. Um, and so you just build up the gym, get it to a really successful spot, and then you can focus more on working um, on the business rather than the business. And, you know, for most business owners, that's a goal, right? We don't want to be working in our business 24-7 forever. It's grind, it's exhausting. Um, So I appreciate you sharing your insight today. Where can our listeners go to find you guys on social media? So we are on Instagram, Red Stick Health Performance. Soon we'll be on TikTok, same thing, Red Stick Health Performance. Uh, We also have a website, but... I mean, the website basically just tells you who our coaches are and where we're at. We don't really do much of the website anymore. I feel like that's a, a dying trend. Um, yeah. Cool. And then also we're in Baton Rouge. So if anybody's ever in town for an LSU game or driving through, uh, we're in Mid-City Baton Rouge. Awesome. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being here today, Andrew. For our listeners, thank you guys as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you would like to join us for a future episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Keith from Kepner Boxing and Fitness in Athens, Georgia. What's up, Keith? How are you today? What's up? Doing great, Bree. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? Yeah, that's a great question. So it was out of necessity because... In 2010, I got a neck injury when I was boxing in Mexico and really had nothing else. You know, I, I have basically a high school dropout because of having a chronic illness and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, and then started coaching and partnered up with a couple of different individuals. And if you don't know how to do a partnership or select good partners, then that could be trouble. And so then uh, <laughs> out of necessity in 2013, started my own 
uh, location uh, against who would be my future business partner and wife's recommendations. Uh, she said, don't you know, start one by yourself because you don't have the skills to do it. And she was right. I did have the skills, though, to be a good coach, which is what I was and continue to grow. But uh, as far as the business aspect, it wasn't going well. And that's where her assistance was instrumental. She managed a gym for about nine years uh, around Atlanta that was very successful. And so she brought her expertise aboard. And uh, yeah, we, we grew the business, had to move a, a couple of times because of growing pains. And uh, yeah, and, and kept it going. And then, you know, now we launched it as a franchise and everything else. Absolutely. Love that. So grew it from the ground up, just kind of jumping into it, not necessarily having any prior experience, but making it work. Yep. No, absolutely. It's yeah. It's uh, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. And uh, if, you know, it's one of those things that people talk about. It's funny. It's like, if you would have known everything you knew, you knew going into it, would you have still done it? That's a darn good question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the on the good days, yes, but on the challenging days, questionable. Right. Uh, so, what does the business model look like within the facilities now? Are good you question. doing group classes, one on one, semi privates? Kind of walk us through the layout there. Yeah. So, really, we have on the group session front, we have two main programs. We have a fitness boxing, contact boxing. Both of them teach you real authentic boxing technique based on a curriculum. The only difference is that in contact, you actually get to do drills with another partner and eventually build in the sparring when and if you're ready. And then eventually do competition. We've produced multiple Golden Glove champions and other you know fighters from that program. Of course, that's not majority of people in that, but it allows them that martial arts experience with boxing, which is something that's lacking in the marketplace. Um, and then uh, we also have some small group and one-on-one -on -one training. The uh, We used to have a kids program. We cut that out uh, right after the pandemic. And it was really good that we did from a business perspective because it was the lowest ROI. So, you know, the group sessions for those two programs and personal training slash small group, those are the biggest ones in the small group and personal training was kicking the kids sessions butts because, you know, Taekwondo does a great job of that. Other martial arts do a great job of that. And they spent so much time and decades uh, refining that market. And we just didn't want to compete on that front. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of facilities want to add in kids classes. And I'm always like, uh, you know, a lot of yeah, a lot of times they think like, oh, it's such a big market. It's going to be great. But it's like it's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy and it's not a great return um, in most cases. Real, real quick. So like one thing was the overhead. So uh, in order to manage a group of 30 kids, uh, you can't do that with one coach. I mean, it's pretty hard. You, we yes. need two coach. So that doubles the overhead right there. And then to have a uh, um, that type of like discipline uniform feel, they all had to have their own shirts, you know, special shirts and stuff. And it just, just kept on throwing overhead upon overhead. And then you got parents to deal with and everything else. And so, you know, again, you know, working with kids is great, but it's, it's much better on a small group or individual basis. And you, you actually make some money that way and, and also change lives. So. Right. Yes, absolutely. All right. So now as far as membership goes, so First, how many locations do you currently have? And then second, what does the membership number look like yeah. at each location? Yeah. So uh, we actually just acquired a second one. So now we have two corporate locations. So with our, our flagships location, we have about 400 clients with our the one that we just acquired that was in distress, but now we're pulling it out of that. It's uh, somewhere in like 160 member ballpark. 
Um, and then we have a, fran a couple franchise locations. Uh, one is technically an affiliate. And uh, I'm not sure their numbers because they, they're a martial arts school that plugged our curriculum into their uh, programming, but they add it already within a couple months, uh, 3000 bucks extra revenue per month. Uh, so they're, you know, getting some good action with that and they're in a pretty low demographic market. And then, uh, one, we have one in Spring Hill, Florida, and that I think has about like 50 or 60 members. And they've been open for a couple months. Okay. All right. So numbers are going up. So that's yeah. good. Um, as far as the marketing piece goes, advertising, how are you getting the word out there within the facilities about the facilities and what you do within the gym? How are we getting the word out to get people in the facility? Yes. So yeah, there's that, yeah. that one's like a two-parter for you. Okay. Then there's the marketing to get people in the facility, but then there's also the marketing for the franchise itself okay. to hire yep. new franchisees. So yes, two-parter. Oh, great question. Um, so yeah, we'll start with the, the location marketing alone. Uh, so yeah, with that, uh, it's, you know, a lot of, uh, website clicks and then digital leads through Instagram and Facebook. Um, really refining the, the cost for lead. That's what's funny is I know Jim Launch experiences this as well, as well as, you know, so many other companies where just different demographics or different markets, uh, the cost per lead varies so much, right? So it's like out of the, the two locations we have right now, it's like one location, it's like we got it down to like two bucks a lead. And then this uh, our flagship, it's like 15 bucks a lead. So it's just like same exact type of stuff, but just two different markets um, and, and different saturation. So anyway, so we have that, and then we have a call center branch that we launched for our franchise that uh, books the uh, clients for uh, the locations, for our locations, for the, the couple other locations. Um, and uh, yeah, we get them in the door, we get that card on file so that they're serious about booking. That took a while for us to have the cojones to do that, but yes. <laughs> we, we realized that like, you know, man, it's like we had, it, you know, when it really finally hit Bree, it was like, we had 30 people scheduled in one week for group sessions, you know, which, you know, it's like, we're somewhere in that, like kind of 15 to you know, 15 to 20, typically we had like 30, I think it was like, maybe like around January and uh, like 10 people showed up. It was horrible. And, uh, and then our staff has to spend so much time following our whole no-show process that we have. And uh, you know, it's just so much time and energy versus, you know, get that card on file, get that commitment. And, uh, and that's it. And, you know, you just got to know how to ask for it. And, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that you do that because there are so many places that are afraid to do that, but a lot of times they just don't value their time, you know, yeah. like as a, as a gym owner and as a, a trainer being in the facility, working with these people, it's like, you want the people to actually show up. You want the people to actually be serious about coming in, reaching their goals, whatever it might be. And a lot of times if there is no money involved, they're not very serious. They don't show up. Um, and that's the same kind of thing with low barrier offers on the front end, right. you know, which I really am not a huge fan of at all, just yeah. because it's the same kind of thing, right? You get people that are just trying to check it out or not really serious or, and it, it's a lot of time invested yeah. for not much of a return. Well, and that's where it's real interesting because like you talk about low barrier, right? It's like, it's like, what's your objective, right? Is it to create like a lot of lead flow 
or you know, is it to actually get clients to sign up? So therefore, maybe if you're looking for just more like awareness, like being new or whatever or whatnot, you know, maybe maybe low barrier is okay then. But still, even with that, I don't know what you found, but what we found uh, across you know a couple of different locations is that uh, is that more than just a free session is uh, is obscene. It's just too much. Yes. You know, you get these like it's automatically being like, hey, we want tire kickers. Yes. Um, Versus like, if there's that, uh, there's, there's kind of the uh, inference that if it's one free session, that it's like, okay, I'm going to do the free session. And then I have to make a decision if I'm going to sign up or not. Uh, if it's like a free week, it's like, Hey, like dick around for a week and maybe you'll sign up, maybe not. And right. so it's, um, it's really interesting with that. Uh, and then with the, so that's our primary, you know, flow there is, you know, get contact with that lead as fast as possible. Now we have a call center that does that for us. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, get them in yada, 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 get the card on file. Um, it's funny. Some people like, sometimes like you get at this point of pain, maybe as a business owner where you make a change, but with us, it was like, a it's, it's, it's kind of like points of, um, ease when things get too easy or, or too mundane, we're like, how can we shake things up, but make them improve? So it's like, we've been doing, you know, just no card on file for so long. We've known about card on file for two years or more. And then it's like, let's just do it. And if it screws everything up for a month and we like blow it up for a month and everything sucks for a month, that's okay. It was a good, you know, cost to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to make a dramatic difference, uh, increased show rates. You know, I think we were clipping somewhere at like 50, 50 and it increased it to like maybe 70 or 80% show rate or more. So that's anyways, awesome. so, so that's that. And then with the franchise portion, um, similar, uh, there's a lot of different routes, but we do some internal internal marketing for franchising, but it's just, it's funny. Um, unlike some, I don't know, this is going to sound really weird, but unlike some types of fitness concepts, like maybe, you know, I don't know, like just saying like names, people know like Orange Theory or something like that, where their clientele is a certain demographic. With our demographic, you have a lot of young folks. So by the time, I don't know, like, you know, they're, they're not quite old enough to open up their own business. Maybe if you draw that out 10 years, then maybe they will be our uh, franchise partners. But like, as of right now, a lot of them that have moved away, for instance, we've just brought on two more franchisees in Tennessee, one for Mount Juliet, Tennessee, and one for Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, one of some of our former members have moved to Nashville, which is right next to Mount Juliet. And they're like, oh, awesome. A Kepner's opening up there. That's cool. And, but they're really not in a position where they could open up a Kepner themselves. Cause you're talking about needing about $50,000 liquid. Uh, and it's about an all in about $133,000 investment. Uh, mm -hmm. in Right. Okay. So, um, on the internal side of things, as far as getting more people in the gym or getting people yeah. in the gym overall, how many new faces are you seeing using the forms of marketing that you're using currently on so average? New, new faces, meaning new signups. People new faces, them? but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, signups are what counts. So let's go that route. Yeah, we're somewhere sitting in the ballpark of like 30 to maybe almost 40, maybe 35 signups a month. Uh, you know, there's some variability as everyone knows. Um, but yeah, we're, we're somewhere within that ballpark. Okay. And so I'd like to talk about the the paid advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature, especially when somebody does it and are currently running ads and are successful with those ads because there are so many gym owners out there that are 
against it for whatever reason. Yeah. A lot of times it's just because, like we said before, you don't know what you don't know, right? They don't want to invest the time. They don't want to spend money and not get a return on investment. Um, So a lot of gyms rely on word of mouth and they kind of just get stuck in this world of word of mouth and they're not really willing to see outside of that and what's possible beyond that and I'm always like banging my head up against the wall on a daily basis like why are we only relying on word of mouth you know it's not trackable it's not reliable if we can't track it we can't grow it how are we getting to the next level and And, and also real quick just interrupt you there they're relying on complete happenstance word of mouth meaning they're not actually asking for referrals or anything it's just this whole thing of like um, you know, they're going and they're, they're, they're lighting a candle and they're going to a dark room and they're praying that they'll, that people will refer if they give a good enough service yeah. and they're hoping, you know, that that works. And it really doesn't, um, <clears throat> typically, if anything, it just helps you kind of maybe, uh, like level off, right. but definitely not to grow. Um, there's an individual, a great friend of mine, uh, who has a, a business, you know, a fitness facility and he's done pretty well and the retention is really awesome, but their growth really sucks. And um, that's where he had this mindset of like, if I just make the service so phenomenal, it will grow. And it's like, man, I grew up, you know, my father being a boxing coach, also a PhD in neuroscience, clinical psychologist. And he had this technician type mindset of like, if I'm just the best in the world, that's enough. That's not enough. You need to actually like make noise and let people know about it. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that's such an important point because that's what I hear so often. It's like, well, it keeps us accountable. You know, it makes us provide the highest level of service. And it's like, no, no, that's not it. You know, Um, and it's uh, one thing people also don't realize is that the people that are coming into your facility, one, they only know so many people. Mm. Of those people that they know, how many of them are actually interested in fitness? Right. Of those people, how many are interested in the type of fitness that you offer? Right. And then of those people who might be interested in the type of fitness that you offer, how many of those are actively looking for a new gym? Right. It's like the market just gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and it's a limited pool. Yeah. You know what? And actually, just to be mean, it's uh, it might be that owner or whatever uh, being an egotist because they think they're so goddamn special that uh, people will just start talking about us and, and start coming in. Of course, they'll dump their other gym to come to us because we're so much better. Right. And it's like when you really look at the marketplace, like when we launched our franchise, I went and secret shopped every single model I could. And it really opened up my eyes to like, oh, like we're really not that special in this way and in this way and in this way and in this way. And that's where we knew, okay, like we are a little bit special in this way cool. And then we actually need to get up to standard <laughs> with all these other models. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's always interesting to do that, to like secret shop at other places, you know, and just try it out and see, um, even, how, you know, when I, I go to other locations, it's like, it's interesting just to see how, how things play out, you know? So, um, all right. So now as far as, goals go yeah where are you looking to take this thing so obviously we're franchising now so that's huge um but where are you focusing most of your attention in the business right now and what does that next level look like yeah i mean at this time you know so the one of the reasons we start franchising because about 2019 we my wife and i were about about fully out of the business 
And uh, so we knew that we had enough systems. So we were blessed to be in a college town, which a lot of business owners feel like is a curse, but it's a blessing for us because you have to have staff change out so often yes. uh, that we had to build out our systems in order to like get things to work. <laughs> so um, so we built out a bunch of systems and, and did that. So we got out of the business uh, for our location here in Athens. Uh, and then we're not, you know, in our other corporate location that we took over either that we're, you know, looking to probably do a resale down the road. But uh, yeah, so day-to-day is, is really the new business of the franchise, you know, which is supporting franchisees, but also the big thing, like you're touching on with individual business owners is, is getting leads and making appointments and making things happen. One thing that's uh, interesting or been interesting for me is that the sales cycle for selling franchises is a lot different than selling fitness um, because, you know, everybody has a thousand bucks or 500 bucks uh, mm-hmm. that, you, that, you know, they can throw out there when they want to. Um, but with a franchise, you know, you're talking about, like I said it before, like $50,000 cash. And if you have 20,000, it's not going to really work. Um, and so, uh, so that's been a challenge. And then also legally, uh, if right now I presented you or, you know, you know, cause you, yeah, you're right. Right. You owned a franchise basically. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so two weeks, you know, two weeks after you get presented with the FDD, the franchise disclosure document, you, you have to wait to sign it. So you, you, so that automatically kills momentum, which is, you know, it's cool, but it's just, just you know, it's a lot longer cycle with uh, right. B2B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Different, different ball game altogether for sure. But to answer your question, I kind of like danced around. I think I answered like a politician there, but <laughs> we uh, definitely, I definitely at least, at least three more franchisees coming aboard uh, this year. Um, we got a few in the pipeline, but like we all know, and like any business owner should know that, you know, that's all theoretical until it actually gets signed and happens because so often you get your hopes up. But anyway, um, within the next five years or not, so from 2020, so by 2025, uh, we definitely want to be at 30 plus franchisees. Um, so figures, depending if there's some multiple, uh, unit owners there, you know, somewhere in the 30 to 40 ballpark for locations. Um, hopefully more than half of those open. That's something else as well for anybody that is looking at buying franchise as well as, you know, you need to look at how many are open to, because there's a lot of times still throw out numbers, uh, of franchises sold that are theoretical things. And sometimes there's nefarious practices that happen to represent those numbers, even though it is a pretty regulated industry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times there are um, locations that are purchased, but don't necessarily exist. Or it's a theory. Are, yep, yeah, it's a theory. <laughs> and sometimes they're purchased at discount. So like you just put a couple thousand bucks down on something and now you can say you have it, but you don't really have it. Right. Absolutely. All right. So now on the current locations that are open and yeah. the side of things and getting more leads what are you doing to kind of attack that and and generate more leads for the the franchisees or the franchise locations that are currently open and operating yeah well man we're at a pretty good clip with the amount of leads we're generating so it's somewhere in the ballpark of oh god 150 uh, a month, somewhere in that ballpark. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere in that range, um, depending. And so we're at a pretty good clip on that. Uh, something that is always a focus because it's less automated in a sense is pushing the referral aspect. So, mm-hmm. you know, contrast it to, you know, like you were saying, 
gym owners must spend on marketing. Like with our location here in Athens, where it's a fairly competitive market, you know, we put 60 bucks a day on digital ads um, mm -hmm. to make things happen. Uh, so yeah, so that's an absolute must. But then sometimes you can get caught up too much in only that and then not be pushing, you know, not be playing every single thing you can. Or I think as one person says, like throwing enough lines in the water, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, so that's where focusing on uh, different ways to generate referrals internally. Uh, and then, and, and one of the biggest things on that is just simply framing it like this, like not even trying to be slick or anything, just being like, hey, Brie, we're really working on, you know, growing our, our impact in this community and everything else. You got any friends that want to maybe come in and da 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 and, You know, if you give us five on the sheet, we'll give you a free shirt. Cool. And it's just like simple like that. There's no like weird, like, you know, bait and switch type attitude with it. And so that's helped a lot. And that's actually helped with our, our sales stuff. So something we do with sales is, you know, we do role playing all the time. We have even flashcards for uh, the standard objections, but with our, you know, kind of unique spin or language response to that or language pattern. And uh, those things have helped out a lot because we've seen team members, a lot of our team members, like one of our team members right now, he, he just graduated high school and, you know, he sells people on, you know, thousand dollar packages. And uh, this, and he wasn't doing that initially, but it's because of all that repetition and role play and everything. Oh, so you mean you actually practice sales? Yeah, right. <laughs> Weird concept, right? Like we aren't you just like, don't you just do that natural? Nah, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Real quick, I got a question for you. So sure. you operating successful businesses, um, if staff that you've brought on, when they say I'm great at sales, the, the, don't just think like sometimes they actually probably suck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well when they say I'm great. Right. What's that? I said the proof is in the pudding, right? Yep. Like, yep. Okay, well. You know, here you go, try it. But I never, I never just threw anybody in. It was like, all right, well, cool. Then you're going to be great at this. You should learn quick, right? So right. we'd go through sales training. But the thing that I hear all the time from gym owners, from personal trainers is I'm not good at sales. I'm not a salesperson. Right. And it's like, all right, well, how much time have you taken to learn sales? And it's never, how much sales training have you done? You know, I would do sales training every single day with my staff, every single day. And, uh, you know, and that's why you're the highest performing location that you right. have. Yeah. Every day. Uh, and that would like blow people's minds. And it's like, well, literally over the weekend, you get cold. You know, it's like if you don't get reps in over the weekend and you come back on Monday, it's not the same. You know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And sales is psychology. Yep. So there's so much to learn there. And that's why I loved it so much. Honestly, it's like, I became like obsessed with sales because it was so cool to me because you can change somebody's life yes. by learning sales. Yeah. A good coach is a good salesperson, you know? Yeah. And of course, like, you know, they think it's selling, but, and that's something I think that's really helped um, our teams really frame that because a lot of our, we're actually kind of, now that we've got the call center and everything else, and now that the front desk person isn't having to be on the phone all the time and all this other stuff, um, it allows them to kind of just like double down on, on their strengths. And so like a lot of people are this hybrid, like coach front desk person. And so it's like, okay, well just, Hey, come at it. Like your coach, you know, Dean, and you know, you're like, Hey, I'm saying this to you because I am going to be your coach or I'm, you know, I'm coming at it from that perspective. And I think that really helps people. Uh, realize that it's actually persuasion with a positive goal in mind uh, and there's uh, integrity with it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And that's really important because it's funny. I remember back in the day when I was starting to really do, you know, what, what you said you did, which is, you know, start to make a study of it. Um, one of my fighters, uh, he, he was like, oh, you know, sales or whatever. He's like, oh, you know, I don't know, he said something negative about it. And I was like, well, man, I'm like, I'm like, that's, I'm like, yo, who are you thinking about? And he like described somebody to me. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a low quality salesperson. Right. Cause like the low, the, the used car salesperson is that type of thing. It's like, that's generally someone who, who's actually not very good at it. Um, they're just, you know, they're kind of a bullshitter. They're not right. necessarily good at sales, bullshitting and sales, two different things. Different. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's frustrating that it kind of gets that bad rep, you know, right. and people kind of come in with limiting mindsets and that's the thing that drives me crazy is people stand in their own way. You know, it's yes. like, I'm not a salesperson. Like, okay, I'm not good at sales, whatever it might be. You know, I don't like sales. It's whatever you decide ahead of time is right. the result you're going to get. Right. And that's what I used to tell the staff. Like they would have somebody walk in. It's like, you, you can decide right now if you're going to sell that person or not. If you're going to help that person rather or not, it's all in the way that you look in it, look at it and your mindset. Um, those are huge things that play into sales itself. People can sense when you're uncomfortable. People can sense when you're not being genuine, you know, so keeping in mind the idea that you're either going to sell this person and therefore help them or you're not going to sell this person and they're going to go back to their life, back to their unhealthy habits and never get the results that they're actually looking for. Absolutely. And on that note too, uh, I think this is important for people to know, or at least keep in mind, even if you do know it, is that it's that classic thing you're taught when you're a little kid, but it applies to business and it's so cool and applies to sales because it helps you, I think, develop as a person to be, to become more or less judgmental, but it's like, you can't judge like just the other day, I just happened to be, cause we have our corporate office now right next to our location here in Athens. And I happened to be in there and this guy walked through the door and he had like tattoos on his face. He just, you know, he just didn't look like a guy that could sign up even though he wanted to do boxing. And I think he said he didn't have a job and he just like moved to town or whatever. And so it was just like all these like things. And like, you know, I'm kind of out of the, the scene of, you know, I'm looking at people. It's like, look, if you don't have $50,000, I can't really talk to you. And so I'm kind of there now mentally because I'm not on the front lines. And, but anyway, so it was so awesome though. My, you know, one of our team members um, like started talking to him. I walked away, one walk back, he signed up and he was actually going to do like a prepay option for a year. He ended up doing like, it split up in the payments, but it's like, uh, like, there you go right there. Like judging a book by its cover and assuming that, oh, well, you know, this person, they're not going to sign up. And so therefore you sabotage the sale yourself or, oh, they don't want to do this expensive option. So you lowball them automatically, but then where the hell are you going to go from the bottom? Right. Good luck trying to go from the lowest offer to the highest offer. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important point. And that's also one thing that I really like to touch on with the with the staff on a daily basis was do not judge a book by its cover because for all you know, somebody that comes in looking like who knows Crap. what. Yeah. <laughs> they may have a million dollars in the bank. You have yeah. no idea, right? You have no idea. And it's so important to not do that. It's hard. It's kind of human nature in some ways, you know, uh, so it's hard to get out of that mindset, but yeah. And then, and the other side of that, the point that you touched on as far as starting high and working your way down, it's like, you want to start with getting a gasp, like, 
holy shit, that's expensive. That's right. right. And then it's like, okay, you know, when we talk about, I don't know, $300 a month, and then we go down to $150 a month, it's like, that's not so bad, right? But start at $80 a month, and then you're trying to go up to 150, it doesn't really work very well. Um, Same thing. That's what's so funny is uh, like my wife and I, you know, back, it wasn't until about maybe 2015 or 16 that we really started to focus on like really improving the business aspect and everything else. But I, you know, I remember, and we used to tell our staff this, still tell our staff this, that, you know, we had this challenge back in the day as owners, but like we would have the, the prepay option and no one would ever buy it. Why would they never buy it? Because we literally would ignore, ignore it. Yeah. They would buy, you would want to buy this. And uh, like, you don't believe in us that much. And, uh, and, and, but then it's like the, the reframing mentally, it's like, well, Hey, like this is, it's like our manager here. Like he always says like, Hey, this is the best deal. The best deal is the prepay for a year because it comes out to this. So bam, like you should do that. And if like there's a gasp of I can't do that. Okay, well, cool. We just roll to these smaller payments. But that's one thing as well. Important note as well with, with, you know, being a business owner and location owner is to not write. And you know this, don't discount the service. Just break it down, man. Break it down. You know, that's something that we, uh, you know, gained from. You know, Jim Launch's work and everything else is we we're first exposed to is, is like the, the weekly or every two week uh, memberships and how important that is to uh, to not miss out on four weeks a year. And uh, and then also as well, it allows you like so much damn wiggle room uh, if you need to, you know, not that you resort to, it, but if you need to, to make something happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it also comes into play as far as uh starting high and and going low with the pricing as a business owner for your memberships in general you know when we're talking about comparing to other locations and trying to be competitive and whatnot it's like everybody it's like a race to the bottom yep you know because everybody wants to be competitive with everybody else and smaller privately owned studios are trying to compete with planet fitness and (laughs) you know equinox or whatever i don't know any other any big box gyms we're comparing apples to oranges and trying to lower pricing lower pricing lower pricing and we're racing to the bottom um perceived value is a big thing you know if something costs more we look at it as being more valuable just naturally um and i think that people get so caught up in just trying to compete with everybody else that they're trying to provide the highest level of service and value and charge the lowest price and those two things just don't go together right Um, and if your margins don't work they don't work like it doesn't matter how what volume you do right really you know um and that's one thing as well that for us it's been a climb from that mindset, right? Of it's like, oh, well, you know, because also like there's another little excuse that's implanted with the industry that we're in the, or the sub industry, which is like boxing, right? So if you look at your standard boxing gym, it's like 25 bucks a month or maybe 50 bucks a month. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, like you're kind of saying you get what you pay for in a lot of ways. Um, but anyway, so it's kind of some of that, there's some of that like, uh, frame and uh, uh or excuses that we had implanted so yeah so it was a course of us being like okay we need to tack up 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 and keep on like tacking tacking back up to get to some realm of reasonability <laughs> right <laughs> that makes sense 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to valuing your time as well. You know, um, that's one thing that a lot of gym owners don't do. They don't value their time and their money in the same way, you know, and it's like time should be valued higher than money because you can make more money, but you can't make more time. That's right. So it's important that, you know, you're charging a rate that makes sense. You are a business at the end of the day. You know, people kind of forget that sometimes I think within this industry for whatever reason, but you're providing a service that changes people's lives. Yeah. Pretty important. Well, absolutely. And that's where, yeah, for me, it was this thing of uh, exactly what you're talking about coming into it, being fully focused on the service orientation only and not on the business. You know, it's that whole lie that if you build it, they will come type thing. Uh, and it's not the truth. And so it was like literally me reformulating my whole mindset to just be like business, 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 business. Cause I already had this thing of like serving and caring people, caring about people that was already there, but it's like, I had to like, ah, uh, like, bring myself over to this side so that I could be in the middle. Uh, and so like, and sometimes I had to go really extreme to this, almost just like, almost just like uncaring business side to get myself in the middle, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, if I tried to rationalize things too much or come at it from too much of a warm place, I just kept on creeping back over to this, like, oh yeah, give things away for free. Totally. Oh, you know, they have this thing. Okay, cool. Well, we won't do a cancellation, even though that's totally exactly reasonable and makes sense, you know, that type of thing. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there are so many gym owners along those lines, as far as like the cancellation fees, things of that nature. Yep. So many gym owners that I hear that don't do agreements of any yep. type. You know, it's like, we don't offer agreements because people have been burned at other locations <laughs> and it's really hard for them to get out of agreements and they don't like that. And it's like, okay, are you deciding that? Right. You know, it's not up right. to you to make a decision about some how somebody feels about something. Right. Yep. And it's like, how is that serving you? How is that serving the business? You can't rely on income on a monthly basis. How is that helping anyone? You know, um, so it, it's frustrating when people have that mindset, you know, it's like, well, I just want to help everybody because they have been burned by those big box right. locations in the past with their contracts. And we don't do contracts. We don't do agreements. It's all about just providing the highest level of service on a monthly basis to make them want to stick around. And it's like, you should be doing that anyway, regardless right. of whether they sign up for a day or they sign up for five years, That's you know? Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not independent. It's not independent. Right, right. It's just like these little limiting little mindsets along the way that hold people back within the business. So, you know, it's funny, almost like, as you're talking about it, maybe think about it with like, with like, you know, there's like the type of people in personal relationships that are like that, right? Where it's like, oh, like, I want to, I want to save this person. Or like, oh, this person's been through so much horrible stuff. And it's like, you know, obviously, we all have all been through stuff. But like, you know, they, they seek out those people and uh, to try to, you know, help them. And more often than not, it ends up with just a horrible disaster and, and their life is horrible and they didn't make the other person's life any better. And uh, so that's almost like that type of thing in a business context. And it doesn't work there either. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's important to keep in mind, you set the expectations within that's your right. facility. So if you're offering those types of services, you're going to attract those types of people, you know, mm -hmm. that don't want the contracts that don't want to be committed, that don't want to stick around, you know, and that tends to cause 
issues along the way. Whereas if you're on the other side of things and you set the expectation from day one and you're looking for a particular person, that's also another thing to keep in mind is that you're not for everyone. Oh, that's right. I've fired, you know, we fire maybe a client a year, maybe sometimes more, uh, but it's at least been on track with a client a year. Uh, and so, yeah, because it's like out of twofold, like one is just general business cult uh, or, or the community culture. But second is like, you know, we are a boxing facility and boxing facility. So, um, you know, there's there's a danger element if somebody isn't following along or, or doing things the right way. And so, yeah, it's funny. You'll have people come in that they want they want it this way. They want this type of thing or whatever. And it's like pretty quick. We're like, oh, OK, this person doesn't really work. And, you know, sometimes I'll just give them a refund even and just tell them to leave. Uh, ask them to leave. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, and I always have a place I can recommend them to as well. But it's so important because, you know, as business owners, you know, we get scared of those things. But, you know, I, I fortunately got on that boat pretty quick, where it's like, okay, this person is just so much damn trouble. And they, they take all the time, they pay the less, the least. Uh, and they're, and they, and they, if anything, unsell everybody else. <laughs> and right. so you need a freaking fire. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It only takes one bad apple to spoil a bunch, right? That's so right. It's important right. to stay on top of those kind of things. And a lot of times that comes up as well when trying to raise pricing. Mm. You know, people being worried about losing members or whatever it might be. But a lot of times the people that leave are the ones that cause you the most headaches along the way and are not the greatest clients, right? So along those same lines, it comes up there. But yeah, I mean, not being afraid of that, setting the expectations from the beginning, as far as, you know, what you expect within the facility, that's going to provide that better community, that better culture within the yep. gym and make it a better place to be for your members and for the people who want to be there. So yep. point there. All right. So before we wrap up, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, kind of doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? What's one of the most important things you've learned over your time in the industry and ownership? That's a good question. Hmm. Well, there's so many, right, Brie? I know. <laughs> and it, it, obviously, it's an individual basis. Um, but generally, generally, it's uh, always being, always building with scaling in mind or replication in mind. Uh, <clears throat> so one thing that really saved our butt and caused for our continued growth uh, on just a location basis is building with the mind of doing a franchise, which therefore it's like, okay, it all has to be replicatable. There are all these there'd be systems for everything. Um, so doing things like that. So if, you know, when you start your own business, you have to do, you know, just about everything perhaps. And, uh, but to be structuring out systems with everything you're doing, even if it's just like some broad strokes initially, and then you kind of get down to detail with time and, uh, and, and anything you start doing, any department you launch with your business or anything else, do it with the mindset of, okay, I might do the heavy lifting right now, but I'm doing that so I can become familiar with it so that therefore I can line out a system so I can give it to somebody else to do. Uh, I think that is one of the most important things. And then the, the, the second one, which is maybe more important than that, is, uh, is maybe trying a few different things uh, initially 
finding out which one is better received and has more traction and then going with that one. I think too often we, uh, you know, entrepreneurs or business people who start their own business are kind of creative individuals oftentimes uh, and, and are passionate. Um, you, you try to build a business around what your interests are and your interests might not be reflective of what's needed or maybe just the exact nuance of what's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where like, I experienced that with our business where it's like, initially I want to create world champions and then realize like, okay, that like, that's not going to be a sustainable business. So then how can I like still do that, but then actually have a business built around it. And so then we kind of, I kind of moved that a little bit over to more general public while still providing real training. So again, like if you're like a hardcore, you know, weightlifter person or whatever, or just, you know, hardcore into some type of sport, what have you, or some type of service that you're really passionate about, find a way that you can make that apply to the masses or some way that the masses will want to uh, digest it uh, or ingest it. Uh, I, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing because I, I see that I, I I help a couple different business owners out and uh, yeah sometimes we'll get caught in this uh, like passion land of like oh they love this so much but it's like man like you haven't shown that anyone else loves it and you're struggling because you just haven't gotten any any traction or any flow uh, where it's like dude if you just would offer something just a slightly more generic version of that then maybe you can double down on what aspect of that they would want down the road you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a super important point to to touch on. And that's something that I talk about with a lot of um, a lot of gym owners who have some type of specialty within the business, you know, whether that be martial arts of some form, whether that be athletics, uh, yeah. typically people start the business because they're passionate about one thing and they want right. to do that thing. However, a lot of times it's not necessarily enough to float the business. So you need that general fitness side of things to provide that solid foundation for the business on a monthly basis to be able to rely on so that you can focus on the things that you like to do. Uh, and that's hard for people to kind of digest at first, you know, it's like, well, I love doing this. This is what I want to do. I'm going to make it work until it doesn't, you know, it's not really enough. It's a very, it's a smaller niche market. So you yeah. need to have one side of the business that's a little bit larger, more appealing to more of the masses to be able to provide that solid foundation for the business. Um, well, and, and, and the thing about it too is like, you know, and you know this from being a business owner is that, is that being a business owner is not a selfish endeavor. Many people think it is. And so therefore small business people and small business people, this is like, I don't know, this sounds really mean, but like generally I would say sometimes, eh, well, Unlike small town, small business people sometimes are the most selfish sometimes because mm-hmm. they have a whole business that's built around them and <laughs> they're the sole proprietor. Nothing else works. They somehow believe that they're literally the best at every single aspect of their business. So therefore they don't outsource anything. And, uh, and yeah, and then they, they minimize their impact in the marketplace, you know, by not staffing and scaling, by not marketing. Um, and, and then also by not providing what is actually in need. And uh, yeah, so they come at it from this really, honestly, this selfish place. And so that's where that's, that's something that's helped me as well. It's like, it's like, how can I not make it all about me? Cause it used to be like me coaching all the damn sessions, like 30 plus sessions a week and then doing, you know, personal training, and everything else. And then it's like, now it's like, man, like a lot of our members never even met me. And, but now it's really cool. Cause now I get to help those high leverage individuals, which are those coaches and those owners of locations. Um, and because again, I'm coming at from the non-selfish uh, perspective, then, you know, Hey, all about me, I have to do everything. You know, it's all right. Me, me. Exactly. Right. You are not your customer. 
Right. You, know, you are not your ideal client. And that's, that's right. something that is really important to keep in mind as well. Uh, a lot of a lot of gym owners, a lot of business owners in general do get caught up in that, you know, and it is a, a selfish endeavor. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned as far as duplicatable systems, mm -hmm. super important as well if you ever want a single day off. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, so many gym owners get into their gyms, starting it by themselves, running it by themselves, doing everything by themselves. And then even sometimes to the point where their name is on the door and <laughs> they can never leave. They can yeah. never transfer clients to another trainer. They can never. Well, like me, it was, it's my personal number. My personal number is still like, it's not my personal number anymore. It got eaten up by our location, but it was my personal full number for <laughs> you know years. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. So people come in looking for you, you know, it's yeah. like want you. Uh, and that can be really hard as far as growing and scaling goes, because if you can never get out of the gym to focus on the business, you're always working in the business, then it makes it extremely challenging to reach that next level. So, oh yeah. And it's amazing. Just, yeah. Like you're saying, when you step out and like, it's like, yeah, it, it's hard to believe because I was there too. When I was in there all the time, I was like, oh, well, if you step out, you know, it will be able to do this and that for you. And I'm like, yeah, bullshit, like whatever. Um, but then like literally being completely away from day-to-day -day operations, it gives you a whole nother perspective of the thing. And like, that's where like card on file. I probably would have still never done that if I was in there all the time. Cause I'd be like, oh, no, that would defend people or people would feel uncomfortable, you know? So it's just like, it's just that our perspective, uh, you know, it's just, it's remarkable. So yeah, getting out is so important. Yes. Uh, and then you give everyone opportunities, you know, you give your staff a great environment to work in if you design it like that. And, uh, and so it's just like your impact grows. And, you know, if you're not about impacting people, then you probably need to get out of business. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You do provide more opportunities. And if you can make it an appealing place to work and have a good amount of people coming in on a monthly basis and be generating enough revenue to be able to pay people enough where this can be their only job, you know, they don't have to have multiple jobs. A lot of trainers are part-time, you know, it's like they do it here and there. And then gym owners get into a position where it's like, they've got 12 different staff members filling in for an hour a day here and there all over the place, you know, yep. and trading time for service. A lot of times it's like, they're not even paying them at all. And then there's a high turnover rate and it's like, they can never really lock down a solid staff to be able to grow. So that's as well. Precisely. Yeah. All righty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, yeah. So coach Keith, coach Keith Kepner on Instagram, and uh, then LinkedIn, Keith Kepner, I'm most active on those places. We also have a Kepner Boxing YouTube channel about more boxing technique and things like that. So that'd be a good one to check out. Um, we've had that one for a while and there's a lot of good content there. Yeah, so those are probably the best places. All right, awesome. So Keith from Kepner Boxing and Fitness in Athens, Georgia. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you, Bree. appreciate you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. 
Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.